This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello and welcome to that podcast podcast with me, Peter Crouch. Uh, I'm with Chris Stark as usual. And today we've got a man who I've mentioned quite a lot on the podcast, a lot of stories. Man who looked after me at Aston Villa. Uh, it's Lee Hendry. Yeah. Welcome How are you, mate? How are you doing, guys? All right? Yeah, very good. Very I'm, good. I'm really excited about this because I'm aware that you're involved in some stories that we've talked <laughs> about that we haven't named you. And I'm aware that you're involved in some stories that Peter said, which are all fine. They're all funny. But it'd be great to hear your side of it, as you know. Pete could only see it from his angle, but it'd be great to hear how how it was from your side, Lee. Yeah, definitely. We've we've had some good times, haven't we? And uh, I think we'll uh, embellish them stories a little bit more <laughs> today. <laughs> I really like this. I like what we've done here. You know, um, we spoke about this in the last podcast. We've got Brewdog's Lost Lager. Um, that we're drinking this month and, and getting fairly involved in. I think we are enjoying Peter. it. Yeah, we're um, safe to say we're enjoying it at the minute. We're doing a thing called the Lost and Found Challenge. And I think it's a bit like you guys, really, in that it's about reuniting with old friends, someone that you might have been a teammate of, um, an old schoolmate, that kind of thing. And we're encouraging people to do that in the name of this beer that's mm. kind of involved mm. in our podcast. At the yeah, moment. exactly right. And like, <clears throat> just say we're like me and Henders probably, we lived in each other's pockets for like two and a half, three years, you know, like he introduced me to his mates and like, for some reason, you know what, you know, it's like you do fall out of touch a little bit. So it's nice to be reunited. Yeah. Yeah, great. So this is happening. We're going to do that on this podcast. Um, you know what, though? As I was saying, if you do want to let us know about someone that you've reunited with, I, I'm always aware when we say this with this Lost and Found Challenge, it's a bit of an odd shout, right? It's a bit weird to reach out to someone and, and how you go about it doing it. it. You know what I mean? Because like, the thing is, is like, I reckon people would appreciate it. You know, like, if you do reach out to someone, go, actually, I had a lot of fun with that, that person. Unless it's an ex. Um... <laughs> Well, I suppose. I mean, yeah, but you still probably had a lot of fun with her. Yeah. <laughs> just on a personal note. At some stage. Like, I just don't know what I'm encouraging here because I would love an old friend of mine to reach out. And, Which one? Um, no, I'm saying... No. Heidi from the Sugar Babes. <laughs> it was never Heidi from the Sugar Babes, actually, so that's that's wrong. And No, I don't, I, there's no reason why I should hear from Heidi from the Sugar Babes. So let's, that's not what we're trying to do here, Peter. <laughs> So if you'd like to send us a selfie video or voice note with you and a mate that you've just reconnected with, tell us the story behind it. And thanks to BrewDog, we're going to send you the best ones. Uh, a 48-pack of Lost Lager. Perfect. Excluding well, anyone beautiful. from the Sugar Babes. No. <laughs> All you need to do is email into peter.crouch at acast.com. Include your address so we can send uh, we can send the beers to the one that we like the most. Obviously, goes without saying, terms and conditions will, of course, apply. And you'll find them over at brewdog.com forward slash crouch. 
Yeah, he, he once lied about being with one of the sugar babes. I did. Uh, I kind of really... get the gist about that. Yeah, right, so yeah, I was yeah. in a job interview and <laughs> I... They say, they did the classic, tell us something interesting about yourself, which I would say to anyone listening, you should always have one up your sleeve because it's a classic shit question to be asked Ooh. in an interview, isn't And it? did you panic and say... You I were... panicked and, and I remembered I'd seen one of... I'd seen the um, ginger sugar babe in a pub, yeah. Siobhan, and I panicked and just for reasons I still don't understand when I got off with a sugar babe last week. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just a total, total lie. Amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Does she, know, does she know about that or not? Uh, I think she probably does now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to be a Crouch Fest. Well, you never know. We will um, get them on at Crouch Fest. We could reunite oh, you, you know, <laughs> with a lost lager. I'm all right. <laughs> No. At Crowdrun. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, we're doing loads with Brewdog at the moment, and um, there's a few fun things that we're going to be doing. We're doing a live event at the end of July. Uh, you need to be in a prize draw to get tickets for it. We did one event before. We did a pub quiz before, which was really Ooh, good. Still we're a lot of fun. Thinking of switching up a bit for the Yeah, we'll switch one. it off. Yeah, we've got a few ideas. Uh, one of the ideas is, is I'm good. really happy with this idea. Yeah. yeah. Which I'd like us to do July. I don't think we can confirm it just yet. Um, but I think you'll want to be in for a chance to be at this. So, prize draw for tickets for our next event down at Brewdog Waterloo, end of July. All you need to do for that, and this is really the base where you need to go for anything, where we say, win this, win this, have a go at entering this, brewdog.com forward slash crouch, and buy a pack of Lost Lager. Everyone who does will have a chance to win a pair of tickets, so you could bring that mate that you've caught up with, the one that you've reunited, Lee Hendry. You can come along if you fancy. Mm, if you, if Pete lets you be the plus one, that is. Yeah, yeah. I'd love him to be my plus one. <laughs> uh, so get buying, get reconnected with old friends, and hopefully we'll see you soon here. And you can come hang out with us on the podcast. Yeah, well, obviously we've got the big one, right? Crouchfest. And uh, these are like our warm-up gigs yeah. um, beforehand. You know, one a month. We're going to bang them out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And they are the pre-drinks. <laughs> To the main event. And monthly pre-drinks before before the big one. Of the well, if we can yeah. get away with it, why yeah. not? Why not? <laughs> why not? And it's good fun, so come get involved. And and I think everyone sees it for what it is, isn't it? It's just a load of fun. Yeah, it's just fun and drinks. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's crack on with the important business. The podcast today is with Mr. Lee Hendry. There is so much to get into. Where should we begin? Uh, obviously, we were football mates for a long, long time. And I have to say, me going to Villa was like... I was a fish out of water, to be honest. And uh, thankfully, I bumped into Mr. Birmingham himself. Um, the David Beckham of Birmingham. Huh? Well, why, don't, why don't we start from there? So, so Lee, what, what, the first time you saw Crouchy was going there, what were your thoughts? What did you expect? What, when I first seen him? Yeah. Just how big he was, to be honest. He just, he, he bowled in... Um, sort of through the, 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 the doors in the, uh, the change room, and I'm thinking... He's a big unit, this kid, <laughs> this kid is, and he, um, but he, straight away, you know, you, you, I think you get a, a sort of an, a, an aura of someone, don't you, straight away, you, you, you kind of know players that come in change rooms and think he's going to be a bell or he's going to be an egg. He walked in and it was like he knew everyone straight away, you know what I mean? So it was, it just made it easier because I just thought that, you know, being the way he is and, and not really knowing him um, to a certain extent, I just thought, yeah, 
getting him getting part of our little group that we we, we had a, a, a villa at that time and did he, you know him? And, and do you know what no not at all like, I, I was so kind of overawed by the situation like henders obviously had come through and i i believe i believe i don't know if you know this Henders. i, I was at your england debut at wembley was, you remember, you remember yeah. done that little cruyff yeah, yeah. You remember that yeah, yeah. I, I, so i always remember it and i thought because i think you were 18 right you were young uh, yeah yeah well no i was i was 20 i was tw just 20 just 20 yeah so he's 20 years old, right? And I always remember it because I, I, I went to Wembley. We didn't live too far. And we used to go to England games sometimes. And I remember Henders coming on and um, he'd done this little Cruyff in the corner. I thought, like, how can you come on at your England debut at that age and do, like, just comfortable in possession uh, around these, like, top players? It was like Ferdinand, you know, right, fucking, you know, top kind of, like, um, England players at Wembley. And I, th I remember thinking the confidence that he had at that time. And then obviously fast forward and I walk into a dressing room. But that dressing room was obviously he's he obviously a confident lad already played for England and I'm like a young lad trying to make it's my first Premier League team I walk in we've got Dion Dublin you know <laughs> Ian Taylor Peter Schmeichel um, Steve Stone uh, David Ginola Paul Merson uh, that team was mad wasn't it like oh, was the, Dion Dublin like all the like household names you know so thankfully like with Enders I, I had someone Gareth Barry J Lloyd Sammy Darius Vassell kind of the younger group that I could kind of latch onto really. And because they were like, kind of like, you know, household names. And then the boys were looked after me really. So was this your group? Yeah, it was because uh, like, like Craig just said there, so I think you come into a changing room and, and so now I was just, I was always in that changing room from a sort of a young kid. So I sort of seen so many big faces and, and, and big, big players in there. But I think, you know, you can look at, up at, the likes of like the Mercies and you know all the Schmeichels in the world do it. I've sort of probably been there and done what we've done and well not to a certain extent, but we you know it was like you're looking around the change room and you think well this side was sort of the younger sort of crowd and I just thought Crouchy was one of them lads that you needed you know sort of guiding into a, a changing room of, of such big caliber players really. Um, yeah. And I was sort of mid road. I was a little bit more probably had that little bit more experience in, in, than GB and, and J Lloyd. And I just thought, you know what, you know, you, yeah. had, you had that smile on your face as he walked in. And and to be fair, you can get on with everyone, can't you? Yeah, but you know what I needed looking after now, I'll be honest with you, I was <laughs> a fish out of water because I, I'd played championship. I was, I'd been at QPR, Portsmouth, <clears throat> but they were in championship. And then I'd been bought for five million uh, by Graham Taylor and put in that dressing room with players that I've watched my whole life, you know, like it, even with Lee and, you know, Gareth, they were already miles ahead of where I was as yeah. a player. Um, but how did it work then with, say, Graham Taylor? So you hear Peter Crouch is coming in, right? Or was it or was it like that? And and what, do you remember what Graham Taylor kind of said about that happening or how it was perceived from yeah. the team's point of view? Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, I think, you know, you always, you, you get the hype of, of hearing of who might come in and, and, and players that might enter the changing room. I think that's always going to be... Do you remember who you were expecting? <laughs> I, do, do you know fucking what? me, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what, honestly, I mean, listen, it, 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 he'll, he'll have that all the time. And I think, you know, you when you hear about his size, his presence, I think you automatically think, right... It's going to be a direct approach. It's going to be, you know, let's get it in the box sort of thing. Let's get it to the wide areas. But I mean, listen, I, I've heard so many people say the same things about Crouchy. He, he, he's so much better with his feet. I've never seen someone so big, tall, be, you know, so elegant with the ball and, and be able to keep hold of the ball and, and take the ball to his feet and, and go past players easily. And 
I say, you know, you, you just don't expect it from him when you, you sort of look at him. And that I think that's what everyone thought, you know, when we seen him in training, it was like, wowza, give it, give him, give this, give this kid the ball. Do you know what I mean? He, he had stacks of ability and, and that's credit to him. I think, put it on his head, he could, he could go anywhere. Yeah, you know I, I was useless <laughs> then. Yeah, I was. Like, like, and like, let's not dress it up, right? I went there and... Um, you know, I, I was miles off it, really. I looked at Dion Dublin, who was... Who was the, yeah. And, like, I, I I played the odd game. I scored on my debut um, at Villa Park against Newcastle. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is easy, you know. And then after that, I, I struggled big time, really struggled. And it was only really, like... Because I was so I was away from home and I was struggling. Then I was out of the team. And then, obviously, Graham Taylor gets the sack and David O'Leary took over and he didn't fancy me. And I went on loan to Norwich. And if I didn't have, obviously, Lee and uh, and Gareth and, like, the boys who were quite local and, and then all his mates, who I still keep in touch with to, to this day. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, like, all his pals, you know? Like, so I had a group that was... It was probably... Probably my hardest time, one of the hardest times I had on the pitch, but yeah. off the pitch, it was probably the, the smoothest because I, it was because it was down to Lee, really. Did, did, I, f yeah. I think that was important though because I, I, you know, I think as a group that we had, we, you know, we were we were a tight knit knit group. So it was like you know when when people weren't in the team and you know sometimes it, it's difficult. And and as as Craig said, you know when you're not at home, it's easy when you're at home because you can go see your family, you can go and where's he was. In the apartment, weren't you? A lot of the time. The so I was ringing it. Was like, should we go bowling and stuff? It was it was mad. I mean, some of the we'd, we'd go bowling and end up going out in our leaving our trainers and going out in our bowling shoes yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> it was, do you know? But that was the how it was. was amazing, Honestly, it was unreal. It was the best time of my life, really. Oh, she never uh, claimed the trainers back. No, no, we were out, out in our all of us in bowling shoes. Left our trainers <laughs> in the bowling. I've wanted to do that. <laughs> do you remember that? That was a great night. We were just laughing so much yeah. because we were just out on Broad Street in our bowling <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Size sevens and five, you are fifteens for you. Was it fifteens or twelve? <laughs> it was only one left. It was. I had to take them back the next day because they, they were only like twelves in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to get onto some really good <laughs> going out stories. Um, but just bringing it back to Graham Taylor, what was both your experiences of him as a manager? Was was your similar, mm. Lee? How did you find him? <sighs> I wasn't really having him, if I'm if I'm being honest. And and you know that's that's no disrespect. I just think that I, I found it hard underneath him because I think because he was such an experienced man and he he had his own ways and. I just don't think he was having me at all. I think if anything that could go wrong, did go wrong for me. Um, you know, there was lots of situations where he was always pulling me in. He was just saying I was leading, leading the boys astray at times, which I probably was, but it, I wasn't. I was just trying to get like a, you know, sort of the changing room. And I was, I was always one of them sort of lively characters in the changing yeah. room. One, and I just don't think he could, not saying he couldn't handle me because he, he did, he just kept, Dropping me out the side and yeah, but I were just you the naughty schoolboys? That some, yeah, saying? some yeah, like probably felt, was. I probably was. He felt that maybe was it a case that some of the discipline, it was like he he knew you were the target man for. Yeah, well, there was one time where he yeah. called me and enters into the, into his office on the Monday and he knew he'd been out on the Saturday night. He just said, uh, "Look, you, you can't behave like this." You know, I've heard the stories <laughs> that you've been out on this, you know, Saturday and 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 you know a little bit of the Sunday as well. He said, "You can't." <laughs> You can't behave like this. You just need to be a little, little bit more like Gareth Barry. And like, be in them both looking at each other going, he was fucking there with us. Like, you want to say, yeah. he was there. I know. But obviously, 
you can't throw your mate under the bus, can you? Yeah. Be a little bit more like Gareth. I was like, you he organised it. <laughs> <laughs> He's the instigator. You both were nodding along. Going, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we, try. We, yeah. Both, we'll try our best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll, be we'll, more barriers. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Bit, bit more he got away with murder. Oh, my go. word. Oh. What a guy, though. Why what a guy. He, why would he get away with it and you boys wouldn't? <sighs> I think because he wasn't loud around the... Because me and him would probably be... Yeah, lively. Like, obviously, when I started, I got a voice in the end, but, um, <laughs> you know, Ender's already had one, you know, and I was knocking him out of him and just observing. He's a good teacher, to be yeah, fair. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's worked well, hasn't it? No, he was just so quiet on EGB. He just... just quite around the place, but not, if you know him. So he wasn't parched, So, but clearly the manager loved him. Everyone manager yeah. loved him. But the thing is, is when we, you know him like we do, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the boys, you know what I mean? But... But like the moment he gets through through the gates, he's kind of like a different kind of person. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's a secluded character, yeah. to be honest. But like Craig said, he, he's he's one of the lads. He you know he'll want to get involved, but he sort of knows the times where to sort of drift That's away key, when he I gets. Think. Yeah, and we didn't. It was like, well, let's get amongst it. And yeah. uh, whereas G was just you know he he was clever in in his approach and. I I just can't believe that he's played that many games and boozed as much as as everyone else really yeah, and yeah, honestly yeah. unbelievable I, just, I still say it to him now he's he, you know he, he's he's one of the lads and always will be you know but he's he, he's very clever in his approach on things always but, but, and, 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 a, and a tremendous player and, <clears throat> and training good. with those players like, and, and I include Lee in this I don't know you know sometimes people forget how good that Henders was you know as a player like um like it's sort of 18, like even if you speak to the 21s, that 21s was a big side yeah, like massive. that. And you were, you were the, the key member of that. And, uh, you know, when you came through, it was, it was like, you remind me a little bit of Jack Coolish now. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, no. you must get that a lot. Always, yeah. always do. Like, yeah, always. Because he reminds me yeah. so much of kind of like, just that's what Enders was, was like, you know, exactly, like yeah. loads of talent, you know, yeah. just having, having a good time, played with a smile <laughs> on his face, you know, like that, that was Lee. Do, do you know him? Yeah, yeah. I speak. I speak to Jack for a fair bit. To be honest, he's, he's such a. I mean, he, I do. I do. A lot of similarities. Isn't yeah, it? so much. I, it's weird. Don't you say it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of similarities. You sort of see the yeah, characteristics. It's it's mad because I think knowing Jack and knowing his his sort of family and his dad and stuff like that, it it, it's all, it was all almost like when. I sort of broke through. It, it it was like I was playing sort of Sunday football, if you get what I mean. I, I, I'd go out to a booze and I'd speak to people and I'd, if I didn't like someone, I'd say something to it. And that, and that's, I, I just sort of, I was just normal. That's how I thought I was, but I wasn't because I was playing Premier League football. And I think Jack sort of comes across that way, doesn't he? He's like, oh, well, I have a drink and what's the problem? I, I, I perform on a Saturday and... Um, I, I do think that's where we get the sort of lightness. And but I, I love that about about Jack and I love oh, that I do, about yeah. you it's like it's like you don't you know you just want to be normal but like in Birmingham's a big a big city right and Villa's the biggest club in that city so you, you can't really just just be a normal person no you can't be. you know what I mean especially no, Birmingham's a goldfish bowl isn't it like, yeah it is I mean the amount of Birmingham fans you've been around when I've, I've come to nearly come to blows that many times because I just think that I'm just a normal person when I'm out and then I've had eight or nine beers and it's like, well, I think I'm Sylvester Stallone. I think I can... Wasn't there a story where you boys went out and there was Birmingham fans in the bar? Wasn't that 
was so we had a clue. Well, listen, you know, I was always mm. governed by Enders, right? Because he knows the area inside out. And we'd walk in summer and he said, we got to go. And I'd go, well, I'll be, I'm happy to be governed by that. And, uh, if he yeah. says you got to go, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. yeah. Go. And there was a couple of instances, yeah, where we where we had to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd walk into the living room that time and we, and we, we walked straight out. Yeah, I know. But that, that was just the town. Like, obviously, Blues fans were like the Zulus and it was like, well, I think we get better get ourselves out of here, and that's why I, I try to look after the boys. I, I was I was always like that, though. You know what I mean? I thought if there was trouble, I'd try and get myself do you think and get that the lads out. Team, though, like looking at your position in that, like, do you ever feel that like it was an important role? Like it was good for morale, good team spirit. Do you think? Do, would you give yourself some credit for giving that identity to that team? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say credit. I just think I was, you know, I just think I was one of them, like sort of players that wanted to get a, a bit of a good vibe in the changing room because it, I think back in that era, I think there was lots of divided sections in the changing room, weren't there, um, at times, you know, because there was players that were coming in, a lot of the foreign lads, and some of them didn't really understand. So I thought, you know, it's important to come into a changing room and have a, a bit of banter, which we'd, mm. every day we'd come in and there'd be something going on. There'd be someone's clothes getting hung up or there'd be something... That they'd get, they'd get that sort of camaraderie and that bit of fun because I think I think that's important in the change room and I think you listen to a lot of sort of ex players and that's what they miss they miss you know they're going out you know we used to go San Carlo and we used to call it the calf yeah, yeah. and it was like because San we knew Carlo. we'd had it yeah, yeah. San Carlo it was the nicest restaurant in Birmingham but we'd go there like so regularly <laughs> it became like the calf <laughs> scandal really <laughs> but like it was just we just have like so much fun didn't we like oh, uh, yeah. and it wasn't just like it sounds like well we're going oh we're out you know like obviously no. we knew like our responsibilities like so we'd go and have a nice time and then go home but we do it because i was single you know a lot of the lads were but like henders was looking after us and you know he was in he was, Bir- was like the mayor of birmingham you know what i mean it's like it's good um, wing man Oh, what the best? <laughs> the best wingman. I think he might be the best wingman. That's, but that's a massive claim for you, man, because that's... There's no one I would want to go out in Birmingham with. The best wingman in football. <laughs> there's no... There's no there's no one better in Birmingham than, than, than Lee Andrews. Oh, so the best wingman in Birmingham? No, no, no. I think in general, really, in general. Wow. They'd be that's, up there. That's, that's big, that's big. That's a big. Yeah, no, that's like, big. That is an honour, In actually. Birmingham especially, right? Like, you think of Stephen Gerrard and Jamie Carragher, like Liverpool, yeah. right? You think of, you know, like Frank Lampard and, um, you know, even Julian Dix we had on, you know, last week with West Ham. That's Mr. Aston Villa over there. <laughs> <laughs> if I think of Villa, I think of him. Yeah. Ian Taylor, maybe. Yeah, tails. Yeah, tails. Tails was the, the thing is with me. I I'd do something out of the ordinary, wouldn't I? Which would it, yeah. it'd laugh at and it'd make me do even more things. So it'd be <laughs> even worse. <laughs> okay, so you're in this sort of Graham Taylor era, and sounds to me it was a little bit maybe mixed experiences for yourself, just in terms of what you were getting pulled up on and that. Um, but, but a great team coming through there. Like, no, it was, was an amazing team. team, you know. But like, I, I, I yeah. want to ask you kind of like what your like favourite time was. Obviously, it was League Cup winners, which was big. Yeah. Uh, but you played yeah. under like Ron Atkinson, yeah. Brian Little, John yeah, Gregory, yeah. Graham Tate. Like you played under, you know, for an era of like, you know, I was, like it was so nostalgic really. Like what yeah. were the, who was the best characters you played for and what were the best managers you played um, for? I, I mean, I, I, I used to love, I loved Big Run I did, to be honest. I think because 
I sort of came through as a as such a young kid and was doing the YTS days and it was like 28 quid a week and then it goes up to 32 quid and it was like, it wasn't about the money, it was about trying to be a, a professional footballer and Big Ron was just such a character in, you know, in that sort of, that time when I, I'd signed and he, he brought me into the football club and, you know, like you said, some of the players that come around, like Fash, remember cleaning his boots and taking me into a little, just off the boot room and, and smashing his boots, saying, these are my tools, make sure that they're, they're clean and ready for Saturdays. And I was like, fucking hell. What do you mean? So, you just throw them on the He just hit them into my chest and went, they're my tools. And he had these big Quasar boots. <laughs> they're my tools. Yeah. The and I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, Fash weren't the, the, you know, the best player in the world, but I was thinking, you can start world. doing martial arts on me and stuff like that. So I had to take them home take them on the heat and dry, dry them on the fucking heater so I could shine them. Mum's like, stinks of piss in here, you know, boots stink because they're fucking wet and that. Um, so, I, it, you know, I put, it, I put that down to Big Ron because all the lads used to do jobs around the training ground, you know, you know, to do the YCS stuff, whereas Big Ron would come into the, uh, the boot room and go, Hendry Byfield, go and take the dogs for a walk. So we never did any jobs because Ron absolutely loved us and... Took us on. You used to have a yeah, what do yeah. You mean? So taking the dogs. He had two was, two Shih Tzus. So was the dog? <laughs> so we were the dog walking. So Ron Warheath. Yeah. You, <laughs> you just take right the, the dogs. <laughs> yeah, so Big right. Ron had two Shih Tzus. Two right? Shih Tzus. And this was a privilege rather than doing the boot stuff to take them for a walk. Well, it was boots, mopping the floors, sweeping the floor. Like, I mean, literally, we were we were Joey's honestly around that place, and it was a big place at the time. Bodymore Reef was. So when Big Ron come in and said. Andrew Bife will take the dogs around Bodymore Reef. All the lads are doing skivvy jobs and we're just talking the walking dogs the dogs. Having a chat. Having a chat. Brilliant, honestly. Um, but no, he, he was a character as well though because he used to, on a Friday, he used to have a, he used to have a pitch mapped out called Wembley. Mm. And obviously there was like Ray Houghton, you know, Kevin Richardson, oh, Andy wow. Towns and there were some big players and he, he'd bring me over on a Friday to play in the game. I mean, this is the day before a game, you know, and he used to play it on the left-hand side and he used to say, give it to Del Piero. He used to think he was Del Piero and all that. I'm thinking, big, <laughs> big Ron could move. He was like, honestly. Wow. Then he was Redondo one week. <laughs> he was like, he was just such a character in the around the place to be. But, you know, I didn't play under him first team level. I wish I, I wish I would have because I think he would have he would have threw me in mm. at such an early age. But John John Gregory was 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 mine because he he sort of really pushed me uh, to the forefront of everything. Brian Little gave me my my debut where I got sent off. Yeah, but do you think Big Ron uh, like sort of recognised your talent and and you have to assume he was part of your story? Yeah. In 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 what then went to John Gregory? And yeah, definitely. I, I think I think Big Ron was he gave me a lot of confidence, if I'm being honest, as a young kid, because, you know, he always said to me, you'll play for England, you will. You know, he used to take... He said that to you. Yeah, yeah. He said, you'll play for England. He said, you'll play off that left-hand side. He said, you've got ability. You can go left, right. Um, he said, you know, you've got great, great ability when you get on the ball. And I, I never thought of, sort of believed him at the time. It was just, well, you know, he's the gaffer of the place, so I was in awe of, of being around him. Um, but... Yeah, he he was the start of my journey, to be honest, and and uh, you know I still speak to to Ron, and he'll always say really? to me, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I went through a stage playing golf with him quite a lot, and he was he'll always say the same things. You should have had far more caps. One cap, obviously, wasn't enough. Um, he said, but he tells me how it is. He said you, you pissed it up the wall, sort of thing, really. Is that how you feel? Like, do you obviously you feel like you should have got more caps, and and is that is that 
what you happened? Like, you think that you, maybe you wasted it, or yeah, I do. I, I think I think I went through it at that stage where I, th I, th I think I got complacent. Where I was always, my dad was. I mean, you know my old man. He's, he was mm. Scottish. He was he was ruthless. He told me how it was, and he gave me that drive. And then I think I got to a stage where I got to a. I was earning decent money. I was in the team. Got my England cap. I was playing before that on the twenty one squad, and I just thought it. I, I felt like it got not too easy, but I felt like it. It was coming it was, to yeah, almost. it was, and, and you it, just thought it was going to keep coming. Yeah, like. and then managers change, people don't fancy her, you know, and then you're going out, and then you're starting to think, well, I'm not playing, and you know, you start to think, well, your confidence drops, and, and all them things that go with football, really. That that I'm not saying it it was down to that, but I just felt that maybe I lost that bit of drive and and, and love for the game because I'd got to a, a pinnacle of mm. thinking I was just going to keep going on and going on and it, it, it never it was never going to happen and a lot of the older pros would always say you know it's not going to last forever really you need you need to focus on what's going to happen after you know you need to focus on where you're going to go and I, I just lost that focus and I, mm. if I if I could turn back the clock I would I would do it so so much different would you what, yeah what, when you say you would do it differently like what though because it feels to me you're being a bit harsh on yourself saying um that or Big Ron would be honest and say pissed it away like because perception from my point of view is you haven't pissed it away at all this is part of the journey and experience of dealing with football at the very highest level and competing at the highest level that there are you know that, that I will never be able to relate to as just being a fan yeah I think I am because I've, I've always been over critical of myself because I, I think I've always got a response I've always been, I've always been against myself. It's, it's always been the way. Anything I do, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm sort of battling against myself because I like to. I'm a competitor. You know, I, I want to try and get to the, the, the best. I want to be the best. And then, you know, I, I know what you're saying with Big Ron saying that, but I, you know, I kind of look back and I do feel that, you know, maybe I did sort of go off the rails a little bit because I was in the limelight. I could go out. I was the, the big character around town. Um, I was living out. Everything was everything was just going too sort of easy, and it was flowing really, really, really good for me. And you know, I just think that that's why I, I think if I'd, I really, I, I feel like I lost that sort of dedication a little bit. Where what got me to where I was was being dedicated and working hard and making sure that I was in training on time, making sure that I was doing everything right in training. And I kind of stopped doing that a little bit. I, I, like I said, you know, mm. going out on the booze and. I could have maybe cut that out a little bit more and, and probably not being the centre of attention in, in, in a, a bit of a character-wise uh, rather than focusing on, on the main main thing and that was playing football. You know, uh, obviously, like I feel comfortable talking about it now because, uh, you know, we've talked about it since, but like I, I, I've been kicking myself as well. Like when you f went through kind of a lot of dark experiences that you've been through and you've talked about it before, um, is that what kicked that all off? And and like and and where are you now? In a much better place? Like, um, and how bad did things get for you? Yeah, I, I think it's sort of. I think I've always had that that sort of issue, but which I've I've hid quite well because, as you said, I'll, I'll come in the changing room and mm. it's Henders is about he's mm. bouncing around. Were you masking things like yeah during yeah were you yeah, yeah. definitely was I think more so because. It, like I said, going back to the overcritical of myself, if I didn't play well, I, I would, I would really beat myself up over stuff. And 
you know, if I was going for a period where things weren't going well, as most players do, you know, you, you overthink things and you think about, you know, what can you do better? And then sometimes you overthink things. It makes, ten, makes it 10 times worse. And I think it just started, I could feel it starting to sort of really sort of go out of control. And that's where I said I got to that stage where my football was lacking and I wasn't getting the potential of, of that big hype of what everybody's talking about how good I was and what I could have been and what I should be and um, and that's where I felt like it was just spiralling out of out control and, and getting towards that back end of 30 it was like well why didn't I listen to the likes of Steve Staunton why didn't I listen to the likes of Gareth Southgate why didn't I listen to the, the big players in the changing room of having a focus of what's going to happen after football because I didn't. I just felt it was just going to continue on. I was going to earn good money. Mm. I was going to be stable. I was going to look after my family, which to a certain extent, you know, that that was the plan, but it, it didn't happen. And, mm. you know, things ended up getting really bad. You know, big divorce I had, which was ridiculous, really. I could get married for a day and then, mm. you know, it, it, it was just, it, it seemed to be... A, a spiral of, of, of so many events that, that sort of brought that to the surface. And that's mm. where, you know, things went really, really bad for me and, and put me in, in, a, in a bad place, mm. to be honest. And you didn't see a way out of that? Like... No, not at all. I, d I didn't because I just I just thought, to be honest, Craig, you, you know, you, you get a bit embarrassed about, mm. you know, sort of even that's the conversation, problem, yeah. Like, it's not, you, you feel kind of embarrassed and you should be able to talk about it because yeah. you're in that kind of world, you, yeah. you don't. One, and one, also, but also on that, Lee, I think it's worth pointing out that there'll be so many people listening right now. Yeah. And we we see this with this podcast a fair bit. We get a lot of messages from people yeah. who, who want to... Because occasionally we do have conversations like this and, and it sounds to me that they're conversations that might not have happened earlier. But you're so amazing at how you can speak this and... And, and how you can word how you're feeling with this kind of perspective. But there'd be so many people listening right now that may be going through a divorce or um, struggling in, in many different ways. And sometimes they reach out to us, just where the yeah. podcast has been, a, maybe a, a kind of a friendly voice that they can listen to or, or relate to some of the topics. And um, there'll be a lot of people, I think, listening to your story right now where this will all be kind of related to their life. Yeah. And yeah. is there anything you'd like to say to, to them? Yeah, as I said, I, I, I bottled it all up. I kept it all in-house. I didn't want to speak to anyone. I didn't want to speak to anyone close. And that was the worst thing you can do. I, I just think that I got to that stage where I was exposed by everything. You know, I went through bankruptcy. It was just, it was honestly, the amount of things that happened towards the back end of that football career, mm. having worked so hard to get to that pinnacle and, mm. you know, wanting to earn money, wanting to have a nice life and, you know, not having anyone to really relate to or to have a conversation with. I think it's so important if you don't speak and get it off your chest and, and, and listen, there's, there's, there is help out there. People do want to, you know, do want to help you to a certain extent. Um, but I think when you bottle stuff up, I think that's what sent me down to the lowest part of my my entire life where I just thought there's no way out of this I need to I need to sort of finish this so speaking is 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 so so big you can't hide things you can't you know the problems that you've got are never going to go away unless you address them and that's why I think if you don't address them it ends up being a constant build What made you talk then? Was there something that someone said? Yeah, was, was there, there something, something that got you out, got you back up from there? Like, what, what was the... 
I, I think I, I think when I, when I when I tried to t- I, I, I taken so many sleeping tablets and I, I, I literally it was it was game over it was finished um, and and that's when I woke up I mean I was on a life support machine and then I woke up to all my family there and it it, it was like oh, I've got to tell them about everything what's gone what's going on and um, and then they pushed me to go and speak to someone and I went to speak to someone professionally I didn't at first I was a bit embarrassed still because I think that step is a big step to go and actually have a conversation about your personal life of what you know you've lost and what you haven't got and where you're going and what direction you're in um, but to take that step the first initial time I didn't I said I, I lied to my family and said I did um, and then it spiralled again so I, I thought I've got to go and do it I've got to have a con-. and I did and I got it off my chest and I, I, I come out of it and I felt I'm not saying I felt a new man but it was a it was a first step forward and I just think that that first step forward has given me that determination to go and kick on again and I, I want to kick on I want to get better at what I'm doing in my right, job at the you, moment thank you for so sharing this Ooh. and look at you now this is the thing like it's I find it scary um hearing you say all this because to me naively you just look like a massive success yeah. you're <laughs> such a well respected person in this industry Crouchy and so many times have spoken so many wonderful things about you um, and it's clear you're so clearly so loved and uh, I'm meeting you today you're so humble and uh, uh, do you know what I mean I, that's what I find quite scary about what you're saying <laughs> is that someone like yourself could be at that point yeah. but also might... you're a living example of how you can be from that and 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 really be the person that you are now yeah. and, and that's so magical and wonderful to see as well yeah and it's all going good now son yeah, yeah it's good it's good to, so you got the, you're doing the, the co-coms with, with sky which is very good at by the way that's <laughs> <laughs> some might you're say yeah, yeah. You know, very no, good. It's, it, it's, it's a tough job is yeah. you know you've got to get things right and mm. you're always going to get criticism off people as as, as we did as players but yeah. i always re- I relate doing what i'm doing now to to playing football, you know, I like to, to prepare throughout the week. I, yeah. I get nervous on the build-up to the games and it, I, I love it. It's the next best thing that I could do. Listen, if I could put my boots on it again, I would, but, you know, I'm, I'm at that age. You look like you could, I've got the bum bag there, tucked under there, mate. Hey, you good, I reckon. So, I need to ask you, right, there was a story Crouchy told us about you, Peter, on a night out, and you're pretending to be a dog. <laughs> Can you fill in the gaps, please? <laughs> oh, goodness me. Well, <clears throat> the big man's just constantly, constantly got games going off and such a character. As I said, you know, once he sort of gets things going and that laugh and that stupidity that we had in the group, we... I mean, it was it was it was it was on a night. We had, we had a, he, he tried to say that we was going on this wonderful night out in London. I think it was. I took him down to London. <laughs> right? I said, "I'll show you the ropes." Right, all right. Oh, I, I, I stopped short. Uh, I stopped short. Just one part short of going the Samrat. Basically, it was basically Ealing. Right. So I think we went to Yatesies in Ealing Broadway. Oh, right? Rascal. Really? Uh, it was like it's gone now. I know it's called like something else now, but it's on the green there. It's Yatesies in Ealing Broadway. Went there on a night out, and then we might have gone to the Broadway Boulevard, which is you know not the best of life. It's a Polish nightclub now. Um, and then uh, and then the yeah, next day we had a few in the Ramada Jarvis and Hangar Lane. Oh, <laughs> I was like, God, going, what kind of London's right. this? I'm expecting everything. 
I know so, again, to China White. That's oh, what I mean. You're meant to demonstrate the same way you were looked after. I was to my life. The calf. He was literally being taken. To... <laughs> yeah, they're not the best no. places in London to be. No, we need to rectify so, that for you so, if needs be. Yeah, we'll, have to, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll take him down the Samrat. Take, you need to go. <laughs> so, have you heard of the Samrat, Lee? Have you heard um, of. So, this yeah, is Crouchy's old curry little. house. Yeah. yeah. And we've had some good nights there, yeah. and it's kind of become the curry house of this podcast as well. Okay, yeah. When we had Prince William on the podcast, yep. with this bizarre situation where he walked in with a curry from the Samrat that he'd ordered, um, I, I, you know, we love him there, don't we? Yeah, we love him yeah. there. Yeah, we love him there. Yeah. Yeah. Someone did tweet me saying that their um, star rating was a little lower, but it's you know, I don't believe uh, it. Back stronger. And I don't believe it. They'll be back. They'll be back stronger. <laughs> they'll, be back. They'll, be, they'll be fine. We need, I think take out the VAR guys yeah. and good golf for you, no Henders. Yeah, how? What are you playing off these days? I'm playing off five. I've just gone back up. Had some new sticks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always been better than me. Like when <laughs> I was, the worst thing is when I was at Villa, I didn't play. These boys played, right? They used to go out and play. I, I, was, I knew I was missing out. But I was like, I don't play golf. I don't play golf. And I was staying living at the Belfry when the Ryder Cup was on, right? In two, was it four? Was it maybe? Around that time. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, yeah, and. Um, I was I was single, I was bored, living at the Belfry, <laughs> and I didn't pick up a golf club once. I was there three months. That's incredible, isn't it? Uh, like, Don't I you think golf comes that, into its own when you are married, though, because it's the escapism? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I was having too much fun. That's a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? other things going yeah, on. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that, with now I'm having no mate. fun whatsoever. I'm <laughs> I'm 36 and heavily into a barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, sure. that wasn't You're the not case. into barbecuing, are you? I just got back, got, got myself into it a little are bit. You? Yeah, yeah. I knew this yeah. guy was good. I've got a little, I've got, yeah. I'm not saying I'm the best well, at it. Well but done. I've had to give it, a, I think oh. it's the easiest way allow, I cook allow, it. I'm allow, the worst. Me, allow me 60 seconds to have a quick chat. Oh, yeah. Right. What, what are you cooking on? What am I cooking on there? Yeah. Just the, I've got. I've, I've started off with the burgers. Just get a, get a bit. Yeah, of but a, are you charcoal bit. or are you gas? No, I'm gas. Okay, but you're keen to learn. Yeah, I'm keen to learn. I've got. I, I do like what I've. I like flipping them over, and I'm getting battered by everyone I'm, who's in the house. Though I'm gonna get you a really nice charcoal barbecue. Yeah, like, like a proper nice one, like a Kamado Joe sort of. Is thing. it? Yeah. Yeah, really nice one. Bit of money. Proper job, yeah. low and slow, eighteen-hour briskets, that kind of I'm thing. I'm liking right? this tour. I'm getting. He's turned on. <laughs> I'm, big, right? I'm liking this. He's turned on. Yeah. Eighteen-hour brisket. Are you mad? I've got something for you though. I've got a little gift oh, for you. Chris. I've got a little gift for you that's not barbecuing. Do you want to see it? Uh. So I was thinking of you the other day. So <laughs> you know I've got to get up really early because I do the the radio in the mornings yeah. at the moment and stuff like that. When I'm in the car on the way there. Uh, I need a neck pillow so I can have a sleep because it's four in the morning when I leave. And um, I did a bit of research into it because I was like, how are neck pillows so shit in this day and age? <laughs> anyway, did a bit of research and found a neck pillow that they described on their website as exactly the same as being in first class. <laughs> it's better be good. Want to see it? Yeah. I love a neck pillow. you got pillow. it with you? I've bought it, I bought it with Yeah, because I used it this morning. I uh, love a neck pillow, though. Do you wear? You, you yeah, wear, you, you I'm never in first. So I'm in. I'm in. I'm in cattle. Oh my! Wow. What is it? What is this? What is this? Not an advert, right? I promise you, it's not an advert. So let me let me show you, Pete. So it goes round here, um, and then you simply just put this round your neck like this. <laughs> so hold on. This is just like being in first class, is it? On the website, they say, <laughs> and do you know what? It's, it's a bit. 
costly, if I'm honest. But they said, uh, just like being in first class, it's called a turtle. And you basically, and then you're like that. I like that. Isn't that and bad? Right. Now, it's the key right. with this is it doesn't slip away like the other ones. Yeah, yeah. It wraps mm. around your neck. Who wants to have a go? Yeah, Which go on. one of you? Get, get, I, want, I want to see, I I want to see, see the big I man. Well, he's a, he's, a, he's a first class already, so let's see what... Well, this, this is it. So, so let me show you how you use it. So put, so put it on your neck like that. Right? What I want to know is, because you travel first quite a bit. I don't travel first. I'll <laughs> oh, come off it, you do. So does that neck pillow, you tell me, is it the same? <laughs> is it just like being in first class? They're all thereabouts. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you look decent in that as well. I, like <laughs> I think we should start doing this on the pod. Oh. I think we should bring a gadget every week that's changing not, your life. Is it, is it all right? Yeah. I'm going to get myself one of them. I'm into all that. It's a turtle, mate. I'm sure yeah. they'll be in touch. My one's a bit. <laughs> So I really want to I'll give him a go on the turtle. Give him a go on the turtle. I'll, I'll have a little bazzy. So, so, so whack it under. <laughs> <laughs> this is that way, yeah? Yeah, do yeah. that, do that. And then wrap around. There yeah, we go. Yeah, <laughs> quite, oh, quite warm. Oh, I need a photo. This is great. <laughs> this is great. Great. It's not bad. It's because like, it's warm. Like it's, it's like I've snoozed as well. Just like being in first class, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> there he is. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get. I want. Yeah, I want Lee to be the yeah. face of turtle before yeah, we know yeah. it. All right. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you. Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, nice. So we talked loads about Villa Enders, right? Um, but obviously, you know, there was a straight after Villa, it was like Sheffield United. You played for Stoke. Yeah. Uh, how, how are those experiences? Yeah, so I love Stoke. I had that little spell at Stoke where. Uh, Do you think you should have stayed there? Yeah. yeah. That, that was probably, you know, I say about regrets. I don't have many regrets, but, you know, I, I probably should have stayed there because Tony was trying to get me to sign and. Brian Robson um, obviously went on a free from Villa um, and Brian Robson asked me to go to Sheffield United. They'd just been relegated and I thought they look like they're going to be the obvious club that are going to go back to the Prem and um, he sort of winged me into to go and sign there but I loved it at Stoke. They just took me under their wing and Tony was brilliant there. Great club. Uh, oh, it was a brilliant like, club. Honestly, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I had eight years there, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I know you did, yeah. loved it, yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, you can see why it was... He would, we had some good characters there as well. We had the likes of Dubes there, uh, Liam Lawrence. We had some real good good characters and Andy Griffith. We had some brilliant players there, really, to be honest. We, we, went, on, we went on a good run. 
Uh, and that's where I should have just I should have stuck with. But sometimes you make decisions that you know you feel where'd that it's going to be best. From Stoke, then. Where, so I went for I was on loan there, and then loan. I went to Chef. I went I went Chef oh, Sheffield yeah, United. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Robson signed me, um, and I thought you know a big club. Um, and I think over the three years, I think I played about sixteen games from. Uh, Was that where Kevin Blackwell covered? Yeah, in, so, right? so Robbo got sacked after about three or four months, and you had a difficult time with Blackwell. Yeah, yeah. what a bellend. <laughs> Absolutely, okay. I can't. I, I ain't gonna cut can't any corners. Can't speak lowly of him enough. Not, He's not gonna cut corners. Not yeah. cut no corners. Okay. He was he was a Belenski to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um. And to be honest with you, I mean, I don't dislike many people in football, but you know that man. I felt he really he took my career completely backwards because, like I said, I was there three years and I was fit. I was able, um, and I, I wanted to prove him wrong as well. Um, Sam Ellis, who was at Stoke at the time with Tony, he came in as an assistant, so I thought, happy days, you know, he knows what I'm all about. Just absolutely pied me. Me, Keith Gillespie, David Cottrell, just couldn't couldn't deal with us. See, what I find incredible about you boys' job is, um, is how different the perception of you as a player can be from a manager that comes into a club. I, right, I, I Isn't just, it nuts? Yeah, I I just felt that he couldn't handle bigger players though at the, at the time, and that's that's where, I mean, like we had Gary Speed there, and Speedo was always he was a great guy. Speed he was like just stay on board, stand board because he's going to go, and then I'm going to end up taking over, sort of thing. But he didn't. He stayed, and he, and he was like, it, it was the one season that that really stood out for me, and it was like, and it was the second season coming back the second year, and he's I just got so fit. Like I was always fit anyway, but I got fit and I bust all the, the the running, the training. I was I was on fire and I thought I'm just going to show him because I felt a bit bad towards the Sheffield United fans because they they got me there and they were like, oh, he's just signed for money." It yeah. wasn't. I wanted to play football. So I got myself fit, played in all the the uh, preseason friendlies. Last preseason game, we got in the hoodie, went big starts of the season, and he pointed me out. And he was going, "That's what you should look at. Experienced player. He pissed all the running." QPR, I think it was QPR away first game of the season. I'm thinking, this is you know this is the turnaround for me. I, I, I've turned it around. Names of the eleven, not on the not on the start. And I'm thinking, excuse me, I'm gonna laugh. Names of subs, I'm not on the bench. I was, I just, honestly, how I didn't get up and punch him but in his face. What was that about yeah. then? Why? Why do you think? I think it, it. I think it was personal. Now that I think, because he was the manager, I think he was trying to make a bit of a statement at the football club, which. Was that a big what? player isn't yeah. defining of him. Yeah, of and I, I do put it down to, you know, like he did the same with Keith Gillespie. Totally, yeah. totally, best he hates him. Absolutely despises him. To the fact that when he goes out, he, he rings him. He rings him up of a night out when he's pissed and he, he goes, Blackwell, fucking cunt. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> well, got, no, but I can't. I'll maybe, say, yeah. maybe one of those. Because, but, but, but no, he does do that. Yeah, <laughs> he does, but, um, bestie. Honestly, he'll tell you, and he still does it to the day. His nickname's bestie. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> so Keith, Keith obviously abuses him every time he goes out. The things he says to him, like he'll ring him up and just give him a load of load of load of shit. Oh, really. That was deep rooted. Um, yeah. So he, you know, he obviously did a lot to a lot of players. Do you think he had a, a pre? Um, What's what's the phrase like preconception of you, and that he was acting towards that rather than actually judging you on your yeah. what's going on on the pitch? I think yeah, and and it's funny because he was he's obviously Warnock's assistant at, at wherever he's been, and so I bumped into him at Middlesbrough 
well, when Warnock was at Borough. And I seen him coming over to me and I thought, I hope he don't come over to me because I'm, you know, I'm in a different line of work and I don't want to cause any problems. And he, he came over to me and I sort of had my back and he went, can I have a word with you? And I was like, yeah, what do you want? And he just said to me, um, he said, I've heard you talk about me and stuff like that. And I said, well, it's going to continue. I'm not going to lie about it. He, he went, do you not remember when I, I, I took Sharpie off the bench in the playoff final and put you on the bench? I went, you brought me on for 30 seconds in the fucking cup final. I said, what, what do you want me to shake your hand? I said, and then I got a red card in the tunnel because I abused the, the ref. Do you think he was trying to, do you, do you I, think I, he was trying to apologize a bit though? I don't. I just think just, he had. I think he was probably a, a really insecure manager. Yeah, and I, I think he wanted to try and cover his own back to try and sweeten everything. And I, do I, you I, boys feel like you know where someone sort of wronged you in the past? Because you both must have it. Mm. Do you think you get to a stage later on, like post game and everything, that if anyone who'd done that came over and sort of apologised, you'd be cool with it, or do, do things still just rumble on? Well, it depends. Like obviously, mm. things probably ended too short. For Lee, you know what I mean? Like I, I've got grudges, but I, I, I sort of moved on and went somewhere else and did. You know what I mean? If, yeah. you, if, if, if someone had ended my career, I'm not sure I, I'd be able to deal with that. Yeah, because you've got to you've got to finish on your own terms. Yeah, you know what I mean? If someone it? someone just ended me and I never came back from it, like I had, you know, David O'Leary didn't fancy mm. Villa, for instance, but you know, I ended up going down and, and coming back, uh, you know, and playing for England. So I can't. Did um, you feel you didn't get to finish that career exactly how you wanted? Then, yeah, in, 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 the, in the respectful tone that you felt I, you deserved. I, I finished far too early, and that's that's when I put. It. I think when you lose three years out of your football career at a, a crucial stage, mm. which was thirty at the time, seventeen games in what the three years I went on loan, and, and he was really reluctant to let me to go out on loan at, at, to places. I just felt that he he played a big part in stopping me going forward at that stage if I'm being quite and honest and you're so fit like one of the fittest players mm. I've ever played with but honestly like a joke right? yeah, yeah. no I, I worked hard on my fitness yeah. I always did even like I said when I was at Chef U you know yeah. a lot of the Chef U fans wouldn't have known that but he really damaged me in that, that sense because mm. I felt that was part of my game I'd get up and down the pitch I'd work hard and if it weren't going right I'd, mm. I'd, I'd work hard I'd run around and, and, and try and make myself look like I was having a decent game. Maybe it feels like we need the um, the right sort of... Maybe this is what Crouchfest can do. Maybe it just needs to be the... <laughs> what what Blackbow on Hendry really like? <laughs> we get some boxing gloves on there, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting with Crouchfest on the horizon because people have started offering their services for it. If you've got your tickets already, I, I mean, it's going to be an unbelievable night. Um, but like... Steve Sidwell is obviously involved in this podcast now and he's he's offered to rap. He's a fantastic rapper. He's an incredible rapper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, 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 he's one of the best. I mean, he's up good. there, you know, with Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and we call him the notorious SID. Yes. Now. I've heard that. Lee, yeah. obviously, we'd love you involved in Crouchfest and uh, don't need answers on this now, but is there anything you'd particularly like to do at Wembley Arena that you don't feel you've done yet? What I would like to do. Yeah. And well, you, you can get, give it some thought. Well, if you, you talk about the worm. Well. No, the worm. He's got the worm. The worm. Unbelievable. I've That'd got two bruises on my knees from, from the weekend. So it's, worm at it's, Wembley. Worm. I've got, I've got a little bit of, yeah, the worm at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> worm at Wembley. This is great. Lee <laughs> Hendry at Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I think when there's what? a crowd there as well. <laughs> 
Wembley, Wembley, we're the famous Leonie, and we're going to Wembley, Wembley. Yeah, I'd be good at that because I've got the old, I've got the old jig of the legs, the spin on the back, and then flip straight into the world. See, I wonder if what we need to do is do we need to book diversity then, or someone like that in the background? They do the whole routine, yeah, and then Lee just drops the worm. We get the worm. Lee Hendry did the worm. All right, well, listen, you know, we can pencil all this stuff in. <laughs> Something to ponder. <laughs> Crouchfest does look good. Though. It does look good. Looks good, yeah, mate. Looks good. good. Yeah, yeah. Right. So when when you retire, right? You, I, I seen you on Harry's Heroes pulling strings. Yeah. How was that? And how was it? Ted Lasso? A little cameo in Ted Lasso. Because we're also stars of Ted Lasso yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. How as, was a, it as a fellow yeah. co-star in yeah. Ted Lasso, <laughs> <laughs> mate. You know. You how know. It? You know what? It's it's. I mean. Obviously, the Harry's Heroes thing was 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 unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, great, good, it was good crap. That was, good, to be honest. Yeah. It was it was genuine old boys wanting it, getting into the getting into the thicker things, and then having a the conversation with players, and then I think like the tour was just it was it was brilliant because I think it opened a lot of people's eyes, and it was the COVID time when it where they they sort of put it out there and got massive response obviously from it just how, how good it was um, didn't you go oh, to Florence yeah, yeah unbelievable so, do you know, place do you know I was there what the right. same time so, so, so I thought you was getting involved in no so thing. you know what happened right yeah so, I heard you was so as well. I heard obviously Harry's <laughs> Heroes right so I'm thinking obviously <laughs> stuck in carnage isn't it right so I'm going me and Ab have booked a nice romantic trip to Florence at the same and, time and um, I've gone to the desk and they've gone oh you're here with the, with the heroes and I said I said what it's Harry's Heroes. And I said, what you, what's the, what you're talking about? And he went, yeah, like loads of them are, um, have checked in. Oh, pardon? I'm going on a romantic one with that. <laughs> so what you're... it looks like to have... Fucking Ruddock, that... fucking all these lot, like going to Florence. <laughs> I thought... But it looks like to Ab that you've... But it's a lovely... You've gone, babe, I'm going to book a lovely we'll hotel away. romantic <laughs> trip. But what you haven't told them is Lee Hendry, oh, <laughs> Razor... That was Carnage Group. That was, well, to be fair, I would have loved you involved in that. Well, yeah, I would have been that, if I'd seen know. you, but I, I, yeah, it was supposed to be a romantic trip. I had no idea they were going, but um, yeah. Oh, so, I didn't you didn't, really, so you didn't, didn't go, see so them. you chose wife over legends. Oh, pros before hoes. <laughs> yeah. What rhymes with legends? I'm trying to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't man. know they were there. I, I didn't bump into them. No, we had a lovely time. By the way, to avoid them is what you managed to avoid, Lee, and everyone there, right? That's is that what you're saying? It was a success. Uh, yeah, it was a successful you, trip. You're, you've changed massively. Well, I have to say that's been a been a great podcast. I appreciate that, Lee. Obviously, like you know, great stories. You know, reminiscing's been great, and you opening up about everything has been been fantastic. And you get into a few messages now. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing everything, mate. It's like, um, I think it will resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Today, so. Wicked to do. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for all the messages that get sent into this podcast because uh, we do encourage it and we get a lot of DMs. But if you do want to send us an email, peter.croucheracast.com. That's Should we right. go for the one from John to kick this off? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, John says, Smith Rowe has uh, got Trust the Process tattooed on him. Is he trying to win back his place in the team by part out parching El Parcio? El Parcio Odegaard. Um, is that parching? Trust the process? 
is that an Arteta phrase? I think it is, isn't it? So, so if Arteta, you are getting the manager's so, catchphrases, I mean, let's think of some managers that you guys have been with and they're relevant John Gregory said, trust the process, right, for instance. <laughs> Would right? you get it tattooed <laughs> Would on you? Would you get it tattooed? Definitely not. No. <laughs> and <laughs> where? Not. That's the other question, you know. Trust the process in the wrong body part could be, you know, a very different message. <laughs> Fuck it, <hell> yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking, though, catchphrases with managers, not that that is his catchphrase, but was there something with a manager that either or both of you had where it was like, it was their thing, it was the... Well, Graham Taylor had a few, didn't he? Un unfortunate ones with England. Yeah. Um, was there a manager who, who, who had something? Was it Poulos? Like, how's your you? family? Or yeah, he would always, you know, but that's him being a nice fella. I actually spoke to him the other day. Actually, he's about part of my film, and he uh, he texts me and he asked how the family yeah. was, yeah, which is know, lovely. It's, it's, it's a, a nice, weird, weird catchphrase. It's a nice but... thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like that it's not a catchphrase, but just a nice, basically, just a nice thing that he often would say. Mark Hughes used to say the hard yards. Hard yards. Yeah, yeah so yeah, like, nice. yeah, he'd say a lot, like, you got to do, you got to do the hard yards, you know. But equally, hard yards on a body part. Well, that's what, you know, for, for instance, Mark, Mark Hughes, <laughs> if Mark Hughes had said to me, you know, that we all knew that he'd say hard yards, you got to do the hard yards a lot. Yeah. If I'd have got hard yards tattooed on me, <laughs> I think I'd have got a bit of grief. You would have, wouldn't you? you? Yeah, I think so. And I all depending know. where it was. I don't yeah, know what Smith Rowe's doing here because um, trust the process is the kind of thing you might have as a tattoo. But do you reckon he's it's... got it before Arteta or after? Because he's, oh, he's, obviously know. on the documentary, he does say you got to trust the process. Yeah, he does. I wonder if we need to get Smith Rowe on the pod to to figure this out. And um, do you think El Parcio, obviously captain, right? Do you think he'll keep his position as captain by the parching that he does, or do you think? I think it's pretty cemented you, you now. But like Declan Parch. Rice is the captain in waiting now, right? He's signing for Arsenal. Like he's a future Shit, England. Shit, I didn't even think he's, about he's that. He's a future England captain, I think. Do you? Yeah, mass massively. I think definitely. Well, he's been a captain since a young boy, really, That's as well, I mean. hasn't he? Like, so, yeah. he, he? For me, he's a born captain. Captain in waiting is a new So I phrase. think there could be an increase <laughs> of parching from from Odegaard now. What we're going to see at Arsenal is a clamour for everyone that thought they stood a chance of being captain are now worried about Declan Rice and uh, well, doing all sorts parching. of... I don't know what El Parcho is going to do there because you're right, I hadn't even considered this. It's going to blow his mind. He's going to want to be captain, isn't he? And do you think he'll get it? Right, well, bets now. How many seasons until Declan Rice becomes captain? Yeah, I'm going I'm to give him an, I'm going to give him one or two Parcho before Declan's two skipper. seasons you reckon we well, can't come straight in and skipper have you seen that have you seen that with someone, someone yeah. signs and comes straight in as skipper it's a big call isn't it that is but but he's a he's a big leader in there you know well Shearer Shearer did, came in bang mm. and took the number nine and off, off third name I'm going to go season, season. A I think one season. I, I think so. Just it. yeah, because he's such a big, he's a big leader in that in that midfield area. Definitely, I I think so. And like Craig said, he's future future England captain, and he? he's 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 done it from a young age as well, which is is massive. You only need to watch him, don't you, and see what he's all about. So I I I I'd, I'd be surprised. Probably I'd say a season. Ooh. Speaking of Arsenal, I know Aaron's been listening to the pods of late and um, we're going to get him on sometime soon. Love to get we? him on. Yeah, I mean, clarify this whole situation. I'd love to hear 
how long he reckons until <laughs> I'd love to get his take well, on well, you know, here it's a horse as well. Hell of a question, <laughs> isn't it, to have to answer. <laughs> so everyone can look forward to that. Aaron, and also congratulations because I've seen he's gonna be a dad as well. Amazing, yeah, a little of the baby pod. on the way. Um I guess it would be great if he named his baby after Mikel, wouldn't it? Because it's been a big season for him. <laughs> like, you know, just like, if he does something massive like that. Yeah. Awesome. And he's got married as well. He's doing everything. Process, trust Ramsdale. Trust, I'll tell you what, Aaron Ramsdale's trust in the process. <laughs> process, trust. <laughs> Go on, Aaron, if you listen to this, you know it makes sense. What a, na- what a name that would be. All right, message from Adam. Uh, if you want, they want to read this one, Lee. It's a message here from, from Adam. Mate, I need the bins on to read that. Uh, are you, is that the are you bottom a bin one, man now? Yeah. Oh, I can't see him. Look, look at that. The bottom one, is it? Yeah. yeah. Do you need glasses, though? Callum Wilson. Yeah. Old boss. Bin, yeah, I know. Got, oh, 46 <laughs> now. <laughs> Mince pies have gone. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom one, Callum Wilson. Yeah. Recently attended a Sam... I can't even read it, mate. Sam Honest. Fender gig. Sam you, Fender gig at St. James's Park with the new Castle owner. This has to be serious... Parching is that? Uh, oh, you know what? We had a few messages about what are your this. Thoughts? I don't think he's parching Newcastle because he has nothing to gain from it. I think what he's doing is living his dream as a Newcastle fan. Do you see what I mean? If you're parching, you ultimately want something from. It's a transactional relationship. Whereas Sam Fender is now so massive. No, 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 no. It's Callum Wilson that's parching here. Callum Wilson Ca- attended Sam Fender gig oh, at sorry, St. James' Park with the Newcastle owner. So what I'm saying oh, is... Oh, that's a massive is Callum Wilson Has Callum Wilson been a fan of Sam Fender all his life? <laughs> I would guess it, no. But I don't know that. Again, Callum Wilson on the podcast and we do a lyric game. <laughs> we check how much <laughs> Sam Fender he would know. I don't know. By the way, I don't that think gig... he knows his hypersonic missiles. <laughs> <laughs> that gig looked phenomenal. Did you see it? Oh, it looked unbelievable. Did it, yeah. Oh. I think that's the dream. If you're a musician or even maybe a comedian or someone, but to play in the stadium of your football team. When you sat on the terraces and then to then play a gig oh. on your own. Because we have it to the ultimate extent at Watford. So I'm a big Watford yeah, fan. Yeah. So, um, so with Elton John, obviously, when he plays Vicarage Road and he did it last summer, best night of my life. You saw him at Glastonbury, Pete. saw Elton John at Glastonbury. It was, uh, it was one of the most special yeah. things I've ever seen. And Watch. it's nuts, that situation. Do you know at Watford at the moment, it'd be interesting to get you, you two take on it because there's a big debate with Watford fans. We've always had the same pre-match routine. So it's Zed cars. Uh, so the team come out to Z cars but there's a big call that it'd be nice to have an Elton John song in there and you see him doing Glastonbury and you think my god like that could live on forever couldn't it and he's obviously one of the world's greatest ever artists and he loves Watford Football Club with a passion I personally think there should be a little bit of your song that's put in there mm. you know how football clubs have big sing-along songs yeah. and I'm not for changing the tradition of Z cars but maybe like Z cars and a bit of your song what would you boys say about that sort of thing? No, no, without doubt. Without yeah, doubt. Like I mean, Kasabian have got... I know Kasabian are really... They're buzzing with the fact that they're involved in the match day experience, you know, with, with, with a lot of their tunes. I just think as a Watford fan as well, you sort of owe Elton John. Yeah, I think so respect as well. of having that sort of thing. Yeah, like you said, he's an absolute legend, isn't he? I just... I don't see why that wouldn't 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 be the case. Yeah. Perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. One more message. Yeah, I've got a big one here. Um, 
it says hi lads uh, I've been it's been a while since you've spoken about the name Ian dying out I know if you're across this Lee um, the name Ian we were worried about it for it was we just couldn't see any babies getting called Ian anymore. <laughs> Slightly worrying. Um, but he's only, he's only bringing it up because his sister's had a baby. And my brother-in-law uh, and I are both fans of the pod. And throughout the pregnancy, we continuously talked about that if it was a boy, it should be called Ian. Uh, much to my sister's dismay. It wasn't meant to be. They had a baby girl. Instead, they called it Imogen. Well, that's kind of close, isn't it? <laughs> But in a happy coincidence uh, or a move of utter genius, the other day at a barbecue, we were talking about if they have a boy in the future, and I stated again that it should be called Baby Ian. My brother-in-law then made the point that Imogen, their initials, now spell out I-A-N as a family. My sister rolled her eyes, and we had a laugh at this. Uh, then he gave me a subtle nod. Whoever, whenever I see them collectively now, we greet them all as Ian. <laughs> <laughs> So the collective name is Ian. Whilst the stats won't show a plus one on the name register, I feel it's not a bad second option. As a collective now, as a collective family, this will live on. Oh, what a way, what a way to finish class. this podcast. Very good, very good. And wonderful person in the pod. Fantastic. Wow. As a family, they are called Ian. <laughs> Henders, thanks again, mate. Absolute pleasure as always. Have you enjoyed it? I've loved it, honestly. Good to see the big man and good to see yourself. Finally meet you and great, great people. Right, we need to get back on the golf course and maybe a barbecue after. Yes, Yes. I'm going to sort that for you. Yeah, I'll speak to you about that. Great. Tell that, son. Chumbawamba, everyone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.